0: This is a HeadGum Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I am joined, as always, by my bosom buddy, Bob Castrone. What's up, buddy? How you doing, Dan? I'm doing excellent. I'm so excited to be in the garage late at night my best bud duck in tunes
0: it's really great I'm glad we were able to turn this into a thing
1: uh, people haven't figured it out yet and by people again referring to the wives yes who haven't sniffed out that there, there's something amiss here
0: that two dudes in their mid to late 30s late 30s Should I just it's be honest late. let's be honest here we have to round up to late
1: We're 37, which is now we're officially in our late 30s.
0: What would it be like? 37 and a half is late 30s? I'm just, I'm really trying to ride out mid 30s as long as I can.
1: Does it really matter? It's kind of just over. Yeah, you're right. It's over. The whole thing.
0: What am I holding on to?
1: I don't know because it's not like mid 30s was necessarily like a cool time. I mean, once you get past the early 30s, it's kind of all the same in a way
0: it's, you know what? It's when I fell out of the 18 to 34 demographic. That's when it, it really ends. Cause then you're just like 35 plus. Yeah. Advertisers are just like, whatever.
1: I would say nine out of 10 people don't know the 18 to 34 demographic exists, but if you are somewhat plugged into the media landscape and you are aware of that, as I know, uh, obviously you are, and I'm the same way that one hurt a little bit, hurt a little bit. It's, yeah. But there's no there's no 35 to 54. No. So it doesn't matter if you're the early skit. It's just over. You're dead at 35. It's we over. have
0: well, we have like two more things to look forward to. We have our 40th birthday because I feel like 40 is a big deal. Yeah. Still. And then. Judd Apatow
1: thought so. Yeah. Made a piece of shit movie about it.
0: That's Dan Hens is saying that, not Bob Castro. <laughs> the the comedy writer. Who's really, you know, just would love to work with Judd. I hear great things.
1: Bob, you you have was that really no dignity at all. <laughs> no dignity at all. I don't
0: care. Uh and then yeah, so forty and then sixty five. There's nothing in between. Like we have two birthdays to look forward to. Just
1: and I and I say
0: look forward in like a very loose sense.
1: Don't just hit don't hit me with a three hour comedy. Just no just stay in your lane, Judd.
0: I found it charming. (laughs)
1: Uh, So, yes, uh, this podcast, you know what it is. It's uh, well, maybe you don't. We're going to pick an album from our past and 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 revisit it. And uh, we may be horrified by what what we find or we may be pleasantly surprised or we may feel nothing, which would be par for the course in general for us. Uh, But uh, yes, every episode we dedicate to a single album from our past. And Bob, I believe... I don't know why I say I believe, I know. Today's album is another high school album for us. We were ninety four through ninety eight high school guys.
0: Pearl yeah. River High School.
1: Yeah. And this this album dropped uh in the early part of that era. In fact it was April nineteen ninety four. Which what was What was happening, Bob, in that time?
0: A lot of things. That was a very Why am
1: I talking in this register?
0: Very organic way to, to get into this part of the show. Uh, well, here's what was happening in April 1994. Oh, okay. Well, let's start Let's start on a downbeat, a little sad note. Two big-time deaths in April 1994. The first, of course, Kurt Cobain, lead singer of, I want to
1: say Pearl Jam? <laughs> no, Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Kirk Cobain from Nirvana.
1: Nirvana is actually how it was pronounced. Yep,
0: capital V in the middle. Yeah. And do you want to? Do you remember the second one? Do you want to guess?
1: There was another big death in April ninety. 90- oh, it was John Candy.
0: <laughs> no, it was not. Not Candy. But it was, wasn't it? Did the Candyman die? I did. I mean,
1: <laughs> did the Candyman die? I'm gonna look it up.
0: Uh, all right, you can look it up, but I'll tell you the other. <laughs>
1: Better not be Shannon Hoon. I swear to God. It wasn't
0: Shannon Hoon. That came a little later. Okay. Sadder. Uh, former president. Dick Nixon. Oh, tricky Dick. Tricky Dick died. kicked the buck in late April, 1994.
1: That was a big deal. That was a real big deal. Do you remember Bob? Uh, But fuck him. Uh, He he resigned in disgrace (laughs) as president. You're still not over that. Haven't got over it yet. Um, Can't send me to the war. No, but do you remember Bob when we found out about Kurt Cobain?
0: I do. We were on we were on a yellow school bus going to baseball practice because we we were in the high school. Our practice was at the middle school, and we were in transit. Is that correct?
1: We were being, yeah, we were high school students being uh, in transit, to use your terminology, uh, to the middle school for our baseball practice. Yes,
0: that's word for word what I said. Thanks for listening. Yes. And um, yeah, I think it came over the radio.
1: Sorry, I was doing some John Candy research. Uh, <laughs> yes, it did. We were in the bus, and it was uh, came over the radio, and it was quite shocking. And I and I do remember that um, our friend Mark, who was a huge Nirvana fan. Yeah, I'm not proud of this part. At the, the time, uh, we might have had some fun at his expense in the moment, which says a lot about no, us.
0: You're 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 sugarcoating it. We were dickheads. We were 14-year-old dickheads because we knew Mark loved Nirvana. We were... I was more of a Pearl Jam fan. You liked um, that Nothing banned you too. And we knew Mark loved Nirvana. I didn't like anything at that yeah, point, Yeah, I guess really didn't so like it I, that I had much.
1: no dog in the fight, which made me uh, even more lethal in this situation. And
0: we thought, you know, finding out this this turning point moment... It would turn out to be a turning point moment in our culture. Um, we thought it would be a fun time... To try to make Mark cry by singing "No, I swear that I don't have a gun" over
1: and over again. I mean, should we even be talking about? No, this, this is bad. But so you have to understand that we were kids and <laughs> we didn't understand the cultural no, implication no at the, the time gravity. or anything. In fact, and I can only speak for myself. As a, uh, at that point, we were thirteen. 14. I was yeah. Oh, I, you were. You I were wasn't still quite there. fourteen yet, right. but. With no connection to music at that point, Kurt Cobain didn't really mean anything to me. So uh, now people are like, oh, that's the biggest moment in the history of uh, music. And it's like, yeah, people say that now, but if you were actually there when it happened, you know.
0: Well, especially if you're a kid.
1: And there's also Cobain. And the reason I thought I I said John Candy, it actually does have some like... (laughs) connective tissue to it. Kurt Cobain attempted suicide the month before he successfully made a a suicide. Uh, Can you be successful as a
0: successfully made suicide? (laughs) Yeah. uh,
1: Take that back. All right. Um, But it was on the same March 3rd, 1994, John Candy died of a heart attack. Oh, wow. The same day that Kurt Cobain overdosed on uh, pills in Rome.
0: So there is a candy connection. So I kind
1: of nailed it actually kinda, on know, some level. I'm
0: going to give it to you. I'm just going to give it to you in full. You did it.
1: And you're, there's no such thing such thing as a successful suicide, even though there is, as Kurt Cobain proved.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that was a shameful moment. I think as kids, like not. Yeah,
1: but we were just kids. And- I do feel bad about it. And I haven't even thought about it.
0: Well, I remember going home and then seeing the MTV news hit on it and then feeling like, oh, wow, this guy died. Like it was like a way different feeling seeing it on MTV as opposed to hearing it on a bus full of other 13, 14 year old um, baseball players.
1: It pretty quickly became a national tragedy type situation. But in the moment, as kids being bused to baseball practice, that was not the initial takeaway from <laughs> us anyway. What else was happening? We're bad people. Woo! What happened in April 94, Bob? Besides that.
0: All right. On a much, much lighter note, uh, it might have been the best month for movies in our nation's history. Whoa. Maybe. A, no. Well, hy-
1: 94 was a huge year for both music and uh, movies.
0: Well, let me just tell you, in this one month, the movie's threesome with honors, PCU and Serial Mom all came out.
1: Jesus Christ. Murderers Row.
0: Murderers Row. But I feel like we could really, I know Serial Mom is one of your favorite movies.
1: I love Serial uh I love Serial Mom. Oh my goodness. Um, we, were, we, were, we were like a little, yeah, we were a little obsessed with Serial Mom. It was. It was my, me and my cousin Matt. Uh, I think we spent an entire summer, it was like the summer of 95 or 96, just reciting every line from that movie. Uh, lines such as, Pussy willow, daddy.
0: And is that the uh, give her a
1: yeah? Happy face. Give her a happy face. And Great don't worry movie. about. Don't forget about uh, Chip. You know how I feel about the brown word. Serial mom. Serial mom. And another
0: and another very quotable movie. PCU.
1: I love PCU. Yeah. But actually, you know, it's funny. PCU. I did revisit about five or six years ago, and said I. It was like a. I was living with my wife in Bay Ridge brooklyn and i think it was a snowy night and we were like let's do let's watch a movie and i had the pcu dvd as you're want to do <laughs> and um
0: as people in their late 30s as do. your
1: want to own right. and uh we watched it and it has not aged incredibly well
0: i don't know i mean still david spade's best role to date
1: it's also piven's best work yeah
0: when piven Bald Piven
1: Balding Piven He was 27 years old And was bald Then he shows up on television 15 years later With a full head of hair But the best part Is when Piven Storms into the dorm room Freshman dorm room Spade (laughs) And Spade's wearing The night brace
0: And this is Spade's memory Oh no this is Piven's memory Of this moment Right saying Spade was a bad roommate
1: Right And Spade's just trying to sleep And Piven Runs in, spilling whiskey all over, jumping around the room, and then he's like, "Go to sleep, go <laughs> to sleep." And Spade is just like, "Yeah, great movies, great, about great those. movie, guys." I <laughs> thought you were gonna say like, "Pulp Fiction" came out that year, "Shawshank Redemption," "Forrest Gump." You hit us with a little PCU and cereal. This monitors. is what came I out got. in
0: April. Those movies did not come out in April. Anything else, Bob? Uh, the number one song in America.
1: Ooh, this is where my role comes in. Yes, uh, play.
0: A huge R and B hit. Yeah. By a man with questionable morals.
1: Oh yeah. R. Yeah.
0: Kelly bump and grind. my, mind's telling me no,
2: but my body, my body's telling me it hurts. Baby.
1: I don't wanna hurt. No Isn't mind, it a little questionable in but retrospect? There is That the opening line is, my mind's telling me no, but my body's telling me yeah. Considering what we learned about the man on various file sharing services in about 2000 and 2001. Great song. That's a great song. R. Kelly's like one of the greatest in his field. One of the great R&B crooners ever, but... You know.
0: What is there something else that I'm missing?
1: You know, he's a little bit of a sick fuck. Allegedly, that,
0: that video wasn't on file sharing services, was it?
1: It wasn't at my university. I oh, remember man. at the time.
0: At disgusting fuck university.
1: <laughs> at pervert you. At illegal sex tape. It was out oh, there. Man. It was out. There. Well, allegedly, it was never confirmed that it, that Kelly was involved with. An underage woman in what is known colloquially as a golden shower.
0: It was definitely
1: him. How do you know? You got a source? I have a source. Out with it. I have a source. You actually seriously have a source?
0: It was in the, so I used to work at MTV out out of college. It was in the MTV library. So you could pull it out if you were like.
1: Why was it in the MTV library?
0: Everything was in the MTV library. So there was like a video The library. R Kelly P tape. The R Kelly the... P tape was in the MTV library. That's pretty cool. So you could if you wanted to pull it out and watch it. I did not, but there were people I worked with that saw it.
1: Are and you sure you didn't private privately masturbate to the R Kelly? I
0: had, I had just admitted to like celebrating the death of Kirk Cobain. I am not going to then say I privately <laughs> masturbated. To, an, to a sex tape with an underage girl
1: Alright that was smart Also the
0: answer is no but I'm still not going to answer
1: it Very smart Bob Okay, okay. Alright so. so
0: that's it So that's April 1994
1: Alright and what album are we talking about Bob
0: We are going to talk about One of I'm just going to say one of your favorite albums Of all time
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa slow yep, down yep,
0: I'm throwing it out there
1: Let's put this into the proper context Throwing
0: Copper by the band Live
1: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It's one of your favorites.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen. I think
0: you're safe here. You can admit yeah, it. Yeah, this
1: is the safe space in the garage here. Throwing Copper was a tremendously—I'll say it—I'll honestly say it was a tremendously important album to the 15-year-old Dan Hanses. And not every album we're going to talk about on the show. Is going to um, stick with you in the same way at 15 as it does at 37, and I will tell you. And we're going to go through the album. I haven't listened. I haven't listened to this album in years and years and years. Uh, but I'm going to go and make a prediction that I think the songs, at least from my opinion, will will stand up and and be kind of g- good uh, mid '90s alternative rock music. But the band itself, and specifically the lead singer Ed Kowalczyk, problematic. I'll, <laughs> I'll just use that as the as the uh, descriptor here.
0: Let's just get into it. I just want to start listening to this album, and I want to watch you go through this range of emotions. <laughs> as you it is a very,
1: it. I mean, it is like a. All right, let's get into it. And this uh, we'll start with track one. Good place to start. I could tell you every. I don't need even the track listing. I could tell you that really. I can tell you track one is the dam at Otter Creek.
0: Oh yeah. So did you have a CD of this or a cassette or both?
1: Bob, well, how old are we? We had, I didn't have a cassette.
0: I mean, I don't know if you had a disband. Maybe you just love this album so much. You wanted it on you at all times.
1: Uh, I had the CD, Bob, but this is, I would say, um, cause I got into, as we just established with that, that questionable Nirvana anecdote. Um,
0: I kind of want to take that out of the podcast. That's no, we, it's I mean, gotta, we got to
1: we got to own it. Um, I was not a music fan uh, until I was about fifteen. Uh, so this was the f- probably the first contemporary hit album that I ever bought. It's a true story. That's a classic Qualcheck vocal right there. Check box
0: alright I don't um, I don't remember this song
1: wait just hang on the dead man in sheets
0: so I know we're still early on we're still early on in this podcast we need to make rules about singing along
1: yeah we can make rules but sometimes the the music will just take you and you can't control it that's why we're doing this in the first place do you remember this part
0: is this song ever going to start
1: (laughs) It's still working on it It's a build up Um, So yeah this is Dammit Otter Creek Yeah so this was the first like, Probably the first contemporary album I ever got into I got into Counting Crows That was like one of the first early bands I got into And then I got into U2 a little bit after that And R.E.M. After that uh, I was definitely like that kid, uh, and then Live entered the picture. <laughs> this song hasn't. Started the song still yet. hasn't started. This song hasn't aged well. There
2: you go.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> not a great start for this album. I mean, not, not. I'm sure in 1994 this was fine, but listening in 2017, not a great start.
1: Now, let me tell you something about this album. Like, it's going to kick. It's actually about to start. I do remember this. (laughs) It's it's pretty good. It would be nice.
0: There we go.
1: Um, This album, and it's easy to forget this now because it's a very forgettable band, but this album sold over 8 million copies. Uh, That's, that's That's a shit ton of albums. Uh, A
0: shit town of albums
1: Nice, nice Call forward Is that a call Call forward? forward. The big spot Uh, This sold over 8 million copies There were 5 singles Several of which were Substantial commercial hits uh, Including one monster Like pop hit Which we'll get to in a bit Um, So Even though I'm sheepish In retrospect about My support of live I'm not going to I'm not gonna like be in shame. On no, this. there's no there shame. Are, it
0: was there's at,
1: eight million people out there that have the CD. I'm not the only one.
0: It was unavoidable in 1994, 1995. There were yeah, there were huge hit singles. And look, I like this album too. I like a lot of the songs on here. Not as much as you.
1: did you, you own this album?
0: You know what? I never owned the CD. One of my uh, great regrets in life is I remember be I remember going to the nobody beats the Wiz. Rest in, in peace. In Spring Valley. And I was gonna buy one C D that day and they had like the listening stations, so I went to the listening stations and I couldn't decide between throwing copper and hints, allegations, and things left unsaid by collective soul. Hmm. So I had them both in my hand and I ended up going collective soul because I liked the song Shine. So so I never got throwing copper because that was like that was my sliding doors moment.
1: <laughs> and uh not well, you do we had we've had many conversations about that. You did I mean before you get too up on your high horse about during this episode, you've you have many times said how that was such a big mistake in your mind that you, yeah, you chose that was, not to get the live because
0: I do think Throwing Copper is a better album than the one I got.
1: Um I can't believe we lost Johnny Candy, by the way. <laughs> Isn't that crazy?
0: Is it crazy that a that a very heavy set man died of heart problems in 1994?
1: But he was like, oh man. He was like 4 years older than us. All right, now. let's not. <laughs> it's heavy. It's um <clears throat> track 2 is the lead single of uh, Throwing Copper. I can't believe we're talking about this album uh, released in February 1994 selling the drama. This one was fairly inescapable on I would decide, Well, X107 when we grew up was essentially our college rock station is that a fair summation of what X107 was?
0: Yeah, X107 was definitely like the most alternative of the radio stations. I
1: think it was based in Westchester somewhere. It was a, a kind of a weak signal, but it was the preeminent Alternative rock station. If you were, this is when people actually listen to the radio. Yeah. And if you were living in New York at this time, you had K Rock, which was kind of like the modern rock alternative station, uh, and not much else in terms. Of if you were into, we were alternative rock fans. You didn't really have it. Ninety two seven was on the 92.7 grid. Ninety two
0: seven was like a Long Island station that you could.
1: Another week signal. Yeah, another weak signal. But that's all you had. Like Z one hundred was pop. Uh, PLJ was for your mom. Z100
0: was pop, but this was pop, too. So that was nice.
1: That's true. This was a hit. This was a big hit with questionable lyrics. You want to yeah, hear some of the lyrics? Th- of yeah, song? I don't think I've ever really paid attention to the lyrics. Oh, I just, Christ, these lyrics. This, some of this is tough.
0: I think if you're making a sort of on-the-nose 90s alternative mix, this has to be in it. Which is a good segue for me saying, we are making a Spotify playlist by adding one song to every from every album that we talk about on this podcast. And uh, we have to agree at the end of the episode what it's going to be. I feel like this one's on the nose, but it's an incredible song.
1: Hey, now we won't be raped. Hey, now we won't be scarred like that. Hey, now we won't be raped. Hey, now we won't be scarred like that. I mean, all right, all right. Uh, you're dropping the R bomb twice in the hook of the song in the chorus. It's a it's a minor miracle that it became a a, a really substantial MTV and alternative with radio hit. zero
0: controversy. Like rape me when that came out, lot of lot of buzz. This one, I think, maybe because he's kind of crooning rape. You don't really kind of la- it is. Did you not, say he's crooning. Yeah, he's rape. not really landing on the rape. <laughs> he's sort of like. He's kind of like throwing it out there as opposed to really hitting the rape hard.
1: Yeah, which, you know, I don't think, yeah, uh, 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 rape in general, not something to hit on any level. (laughs) But I guess if you're going to hit it, hit it hard.
0: No, no, that's not the lesson. Don't do it. Don't do it.
1: Anyway, it was a number one hit on Billboard's modern rock tracks. uh, The first of three songs in this album to do that. Got up to number 43. On uh, the Billboard Hot 100. So this is a legitimate big hit from live. And they were flying once this song came out. This song came on. I love this song. So you can vouch for this one. Please. I do. Kowalczyk is so problematic in retrospect, but at the time he seemed fine. He just seemed like a, an intense, uh, like deeply serious, earnest rocker.
0: I don't think we knew he was. I don't think we knew this was a Christian rock band in 1994,
1: did we? Uh, I don't think it's sold. They didn't. Their record company certainly didn't sell them as such. I'm sure if we were paying attention at all, it would be pretty obvious from, you know, the imagery of, of, of the band and and the lyrics and all that. But again. When and this he, ties back to the Nirvana thing from earlier in the show, the Cobain thing.
0: We were kids. We were fucking idiots. We are kids. Yeah, we didn't know. We just, when, you know. When did he go full, full, full... Full
1: Kowalczyk? Kowalczyk. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, there seemed to be some fraying in the follow-up album, Secret Samadhi. Right. Would be my guess. It would be my my belief. And then by the time we got to college, uh, he had completely... So, you couldn't ignore lyrically what was going on anymore. Right. He was so disappeared up his own. had disappeared up his ass to a really almost like impressive extent. What's next? Next is another big single. In fact, Bob, the second single released May 22nd, 1994. Another number one hit on the Billboard charts. I mean, this album was a monster. I Alone.
0: Very memorable video
1: It might be my favorite Bad video of the 90s Um, And I want us to get out of the way For the chorus Because it's kind of a good chorus I'm uh, going to stand by the chorus But Pause this podcast Go to YouTube Search I Alone by Live And keep your eye on the drummer
0: Oh yeah that's right
1: The drummer has nothing to do in the song and it's basically on a really cheap sound st- uh, stage a-, a dreadfully cheap sound stage and every, everybody has stuff to do but the drummer here's the chorus oh it's a good chorus the I alone love you. I alone tell you. what was this song about Yeah, this was huge. Let me uh, a slight correction. This is number six on the Billboard Modern Rocks chart.
0: Well, I mean, you're working off memory here, so I'll, I'll, it's okay that you just kind of were off by a little bit.
1: Uh, yeah. By the way, the song was ranked. This is this is uh, pertinent to you, Bob, as a former Viacom employee. The song was ranked 62nd best song of the '90s by VH1. <laughs> you, you taking in on that?
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember casting my vote. It was a very big day.
1: Lead singer Ed Kowalczyk said of the song's lyrics, this guy, people think I, Along, I Alone is a love song, but it really wasn't. The lyrics were more abstract, encompassing a much larger message.
0: I feel like Ed Kowalczyk, he, well, he's the poor man's Michael Stipe. Okay. Like, Michael Stipe says things like that, but we we're we're cool with it because... You know, R.E.M. was better than Live, and he was like, you know, 15 years before this album. So, like, we allow it. But, like, they're kind of, the, they're cut from the same
1: cloth. Whoa. <laughs> that, see, that can get you killed in certain states. Where? Michael Stipe and Ed Kowalczyk are not cut from the same cloth. Um, Stipe's an immortal. Uh, Ed Kowalczyk's the lead
0: singer of Live. No, I know, but, like, Stipe is the best version of of an Ed Kowalczyk
1: type. That's like saying that Scott Stap is cut from the same cloth as Eddie Vedder. Like I
0: would say that. It's but Jesus. obviously, obviously Eddie Vedder is the much better cloth. Steap is the better cloth, but it's like the same. Yeah, well, one
1: piece of cloth is like a, a beautiful like piece of cotton, and the other one's in a dumpster, you know, found like at the bottom part of the dumpster. No,
0: one is like a piece of cotton that you buy at. Bloomingdale's, and the other one is the piece of cotton that you have in your sock drawer covered in film
1: what was your point though i don't know
0: they're the same kind of guy they say like big kind of grandiose bullshitty arty things and (laughs) when michael stipe does it you're like oh he's such an artist and when ed kowalchuk does it you're like shut up dude
1: maybe it's because rem was from athens georgia which is kind of a cool arty town and it's a it's a respectable place to come from, and live. We're just these bros from York, Pennsylvania.
0: Are you segueing into a song about York, Pennsylvania, right now? <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay, <laughs> we're not that quite would have been, there yet. That would have been really good.
1: No, we're not there yet. Um,
0: but just put a pin in that one. We, really are, we
1: are. We are segueing segueing into a uh, song I, that's about, I believe, domestic violence.
0: What song is this? Is this Iris?
1: Yeah, this is Iris. Oh, I
0: remember this song.
1: Here we go, you ready? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my god. The
1: presence of my knuckles. It sounds like it might be about a, an abusive man, would be my guess. Alone, it's like, like yesterday, and Wow, still know all the words. <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, I know it. Uh, let's see. I mean, his lyrics, like Michael Stipe wrote interesting, uh, sometimes hard to discern type lyrics. I think, I think Kowalczyk was going for the same thing. I'll read the beginning and I know lyrics. That's all I'm saying.
0: I'm not saying they're the same level. I'm saying they're, he's going for the same
1: thing. He was trying to be a Stipe type, um, but didn't quite hit the mark. Um, Not everyone cares about lyrics. I, I care a little bit more than others, but. He was a very strange lyricist, Ed Kowalczyk. Uh For instance, this album, I like the way my hand looked on your head in the presence of my knuckles, but the beauty of this vision alone, just like yesterday's sunset, has been perverted by the sentimental and mistaken for love. What does it mean? I'm okay with that. You okay with it?
0: I'm okay with that.
1: Do you think Ed Kowalczyk is a better artist than Michael Stipe, <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> no.
0: I'm not even going to dignify that one with an answer.
1: <laughs> uh, I remember
0: liking the song. Even though I didn't have the album and this wasn't a single, I remember when I heard this either at your house or somebody else's, I really liked the song.
1: It is. It's it, It's not a release really single, um, but it is... Like we talked about it in an earlier show uh, when we talked about Pinkerton and you were talking about Across the Sea uh, was... Kind of like if you're a hardcore Weezer fan, that would be the song. It's like, oh, it's the best Weezer song. I don't put myself in the class of hardcore live fans.
0: It's funny because I put you in the class of hardcore <laughs> live fans.
1: But <laughs> at one point I was. I, I will cop to that. Um, but if you got it, like if you're at the Summerland tour and you, get, <laughs> you're, you find yourself, um, you know, Bumped up uh, against the bar up in the uh, third level of the cruise. Is it on a cruise, the Summerland tour? <laughs>
0: Let's assume it is.
1: Uh, and your like, best live song. Some people are going to say Iris.
0: Yeah. And by the way, that, that just gave me a goal for this podcast, is we need to make this thing big enough where in the summer of 2018, Summerland pays us to go cover it.
1: You know what? and that's a great idea but i feel like the only time summerland will ever come up is in a mocking sense
0: no a hundred percent true but they don't they probably won't care because it's still coming up yeah it will come and who, up else a is lot. Ta- who else is talking about the summerland tour
1: to well, hear something crazy about live there's a lot of legal issues that, that popped up because ed kwalchek stunningly was unable to get along with his bandmates
0: let's go to the next song while you say this unless he, you have to unless you have to tee up the next song could we just keep going
1: if you don't know the track listing of I'm Throwing sorry. Copper, don't I'm ask me sorry. to tee up the next All song. Right? I'm sorry. Because the next song is a very important song. Okay,
0: okay. So keep going. I'm sorry for doing that.
1: I, now I've even lost my train of thought.
0: God, this guy fucking loves this album.
1: It's such an important album to me. <laughs> um, live, after a messy fallout with Qualcheck, um, and they sued Qualcheck actually because he. <laughs> Kowalczyk went out on the road and used Live's name to sell uh, his music, which to me seems kind of fair, considering I believe he was the principal songwriter.
0: Yeah, it's not like the bass player doing it.
1: Extensive litigation, Bob, uh, over this. And uh, eventually what they did, and, and this will be a little tease for you hardcore Live fans, at the end of the show, they did reform at Summerland 2013 with a new lead singer. Like when they got the Asian dude to replace Steve Perry and Journey, was this guy Asian too? I think he was a white. Actually, ah, uh, uh, that's not as fun. They should have gotten a, another Filipino. That should be the game.
0: rule. If you're going to replace your lead, lead singer, the guy has to be Asian.
1: Get a Filipino karaoke singer <laughs> or a guy that was singing in the uh, cabaret clubs. Uh, let's listen to a. Li- at the end of the show, let's listen to a little bit of live with the new lead singer, just to just check in on it. Oh
0: man, I'm really not looking forward to that. <laughs>
1: Hold on to your butts, people. <laughs> uh, track five is the uh, by far, and this is there's no one that can argue this, the most famous live song. You know what it is, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> is that the name of the song? Another strange, a very sh- lyrically a very strange song. The the first well, two. Words of the song or the, the, the song title, so let's so
2: listen.
1: Close your eyes, Bob. Lose yourself.
2: Hope, to the falls,
1: to the How many top 10 hits in the history of Billboard? Have placenta in the first 30 seconds.
0: 14. It's an actual number.
1: That's right. Great Balls of Fire. That's (laughs) one. Uh, Hound Dog. Hound Dog. Two. Imagine. Three.
0: Bad Moon Rising.
1: Bad Moon Rising. Four. Um,
0: Placentas. Placentas everywhere.
1: Wonder Wall. After all, you're my Placenta. That's the chorus. And this is a bad bit. We got
0: we to bail out of this bit.
1: <laughs> um, lightning crashes. You want to hear some stats on lightning crashes, Bob?
0: No, because I'm enjoying the song. I kind of want to...
1: See, look at you. No, you I love what? the song. You are unable to process that you are a huge fan of this album. I have
0: not, I have no complaints about you this
1: album. You psycho- need psychological like counseling over... You're a fan of throwing copper And you just don't want to admit it
0: This song legitimately takes me back And not a lot of songs do that But like this really sounds like 1994
1: to me Alright let's listen to the chorus Jesus I don't even think the chorus is coming. Let's see Oh there it is oh,
2: my feeling, back again. Like girl, the wind. All right,
1: so how big was Lightning Crashes in uh, 1994? It was released September 94, the third single of their album. Uh, It wasn't even technically released as a single in the U.S., but it, it received enough radio airplay to peak at top number 12. It was number 12 in the country. A song about placentas. It topped the Billboard album rock track. Rock tracks for how how many weeks, Bob? Take a guess.
0: 14 weeks.
1: Okay, he overshot it. 10 weeks. I'm oh, sorry about that. Uh, hot, hot modern tracks for nine weeks. It was also a top 40 hit in the UK. A, a, a certified smash. A five-minute and 27-second song about... A woman dying during childbirth, I believe, and then in a, in another room, a woman giving birth. I think right. that's what it's about. Of right? course,
0: it's like reincarnation, you know. Window closes, door opens. It's crazy
1: that that was like a massive radio hit. Is it the weirdest subject matter for a radio hit ever? It is. I mean, who let the dogs out was pretty weird. I would. Too, say, oh but.
0: yeah, who let the dogs out? This, the freshman, which was another song, like popular song, a couple of years later.
1: The abortion song, The yeah. abortion
0: song was weird because it was like about a dumpster abortion. I mean, it was a weird subject
1: matter. It was a dumpster baby abortion? Yeah, yeah. Christ.
0: Yeah. Oof. Um, I think we're running... You know, yeah, it it's getting dark. Wow. But But here's what's interesting about this song,
1: Dan. <laughs> Hit me, Bob.
0: It may be about all that, but what do you think about when you hear this song?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because it's not... You're not thinking about a hospital and a mom... Shitting out a kid,
1: yeah. I am definitely thinking about my high school crush. Uh, I shouldn't say her name. Doesn't matter. But uh, and it's one of the, it is funny in the sense that when you're a teenager, that you can easily overlook, you know, the lyrical content of song and just the feel of it's a the song, or whatever. This was uh, for this this high school crush and it did go both ways that this was kind of our song so this was your song this is pretty crazy it was i wouldn't it would be this and maybe another song but this was. this was like right up there which in retrospect was outrageous that this the song about placenta so when ed
0: kowalitek said her placenta falls to the floor you would just be like she looks so cute in chemistry class today
1: kind of yeah yeah i mean it's a very confusing time to be a 15-year-old boy. I, anyway, I'm not
0: being critical. I completely get yeah. it.
1: Yeah, if you are, and and I would if if this girl was on the podcast right now and now she's a woman. <laughs> I uh, hope so. Yeah, I, I would hope so. Uh, I would think that she would have a similar viewpoint about uh, how strange it is that we never had a single conversation about, why this song would have a, some type of romantic lean to it. Uh but you know, it's a good song though. It's a great song.
0: Yeah, I remember the three cuz the three of us hung out all the time. And when that song would come on and you guys would like kind of like, "Oh, it's our song." Kind of like <laughs> look at each other. It's a little weird.
1: Yeah, but, you but it's the feeling. But again, you didn't it. think it at the time either. It wasn't like. No, man, not at all. It wasn't like, why are they the placenta song? Why does that mean something to them? Like, it was just a huge popular song. It was a huge popular time. song.
0: Strange. And I remember being like, I want a song with her too. But I don't think we ever had a song.
1: You never got a song. Hands off the property. <laughs> not my property. Women aren't property, Bob.
0: No, no. I, That's no, take Of course not, this. no.
1: Ed Qualchuk has preached that in many of his spiritual songs. (laughs) What's this one? I don't know. This is Album Filler, Bob. This is uh, when you drop a hammer. And let's be honest, you're not a big fan of track one, Damn It, Otter Creek. Mm. And that's fine. You can take or leave that song. But it went uh, selling the drama, I Alone, Iris, Lightning Crashes.
0: Right. That's a great run.
1: Great run. That's how you move units. So now you have a throwaway track called Top.
0: Oh, spin me around like a top. I get it. Good good one. Was live the worst possible name for a band. Not knowing that the internet was about yeah. to happen and you would be ungoogleable.
1: What was that again? You want to try that again?
0: Ungoogleable. I said it right.
1: You did. It's just It's hard not to a say. right
0: thing to say, but you would be impossible to find on the internet because your name is a word. That should be a part of something else and also has two pronunciations.
1: Well, that's the problem, too. This is a band that actually their earliest roots were in the 80s. So there's no Internet. Right. Even when they start to break through, it's just the beginning of the Internet. But by the time it's it's time to really, uh, you know, connect with a, a generation now being raised on the Internet, you're done. Try to do a try to do a web search of the band live without any keywords yeah, of any luck. singles, it's it's a total it's a total mess. That was a total, that was a little bit trumpy.
0: Where's your god now, Ed Kowalczyk?
1: <laughs> That's true. I, I I I do. Do you feel bad for them? because they didn't have any idea. How could they have known? In retrospect,
0: no, they got blindsided. But maybe pick a better name to start with.
1: Yeah, it's not a great name.
0: It's not a great. It's not a bad name, I guess, but.
1: Uh, Let's move on to track seven, which was another huge uh, radio hit uh, in ninety five. All over you. Yes. More questionable lyrics, by the way. This might be the most egregious uh, example of Ed Qualchek being a terrible lyricist. Let's listen. I feel like this is a song that Ross and Rachel would have fucked to, like off camera. Like wait, off camera? Well, not off camera, but if you if you enjoyed a sitcom like Friends and then imagined what was happening during the episode, oh, like after the episode light, was that's over, part of the episodes,
0: they went into their bedroom and, and they, they put w- on this CD and they fucked to us.
1: Right. I could, I feel like Ross could have been laying wood to all over you, <laughs> but the the lyric there. And another huge radio hit, uh, "Our Love Is Like Water," pinned down and abused for being strange. What, Ed? What? <laughs> well, what is that?
0: It's not good. But I'm sorry, I'm I'm stuck. Can we go back to what Friends characters were fucking to when the uh, camera stopped rolling? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Well, definitely Ross and Rachel are banging. No, because I can totally
0: see that. Like that's like dead on. Yeah That this is what they would fuck to
1: Because they couldn't They probably weren't gonna fuck to Counting Crows Because of the messiness No it was too The dirt situation Too close Even though it wouldn't be crossing over In this fake universe Don't overthink it Don't overthink it it still would be too heavy For them to to do that
0: The universe would know That it was too close
1: Uh, Monica And Chandler
0: They were fucking to like Blues Traveler
1: I could see that Or I Go Blind Hootie and the Blowfish yeah, they the were definitely soundtrack. fucking to
0: lamer white people music.
1: Yeah. Uh, Phoebe was a freak. She was banging to Moby.
0: <laughs> this is early 90s. <laughs> Moby wasn't around yet.
1: What? No, this is yeah, this is early Moby she was banging Oh, on. early she Moby. She was ahead of the whole curve, the whole <laughs> Moby curve.
0: I guess that makes sense.
1: Remember, uh, Friends debuted in 94. Right, right. Moby's a commercial artist in the mid to early okay, 90s. Okay, no, I can It give all you checks Moe. out.
0: I kind of wanted to go earlier 90s for her.
1: Well, like Toad the Wet Sprocket?
0: No, she's too freaky. She needed uh
1: I could see her getting into little Sophie B. Hawkins. Ooh. If she wanted to, you know, mix things up. If, if Is you that know what I mean. Damn,
0: I Wish I Was Your Lover? Yeah. I'm into that. I can get behind that. And Joey. What was, uh, was Triviani fucking to?
1: Tribbiani was you know, he was just a bonehead. So just whatever was on the radio? It was whatever was going on.
0: Just like pump put on like Annie Lennox or
1: there was nothing going on with Tribbiani up top you know in terms of the brain I think we know that all over you by the way just a little again a reminder of what was going on here Ooh, this is interesting it was a 33 in the Billboard Top 100 number one on on their one of their airplay charts number four modern rock charts and also Bob it appeared on Ziggy, the episode of The X Files that aired January 26, 1996. How about that?
0: It's amazing you remember all of this stuff and that you're not using Wikipedia. <laughs> it's very impressive.
1: Oh, here's this is something you were waiting for about this whole time. Here we go. I gotta start it over. We just started over? Right, this is the right? first
0: first in the podcast history. Oh, I remember this.
1: Me. This song, I would assume, is about getting out of like York. My
2: they live down the street
1: from me. I'm going to sing about The tall trees make it hard to see from beyond my property.
0: So as this guy was singing about his uh, hometown that he hated... <laughs> were you also thinking about like man I wonder what I wonder what she's going to wear to school tomorrow <laughs> For,
1: uh, we this some, song we never so connected uh, with my uh, high school crush is this the worst uh, chorus this is in 90s alternative rock this is
0: a bad song
1: are right, you ready here it comes Gotta live in shit town, Bob. This one does not hold up. How? No, it doesn't. I
0: remember kind of liking it at the time, but hearing it again, this does not hold up at
1: all. How about the idea, Bob, of someone in the band coming to qualcheck privately, and it's got to be privately, and saying, hey, you want to take another pass at this lyric?
0: And he's like, no, we nailed it. Nailed it on the first pass. Don't like that place. Calling it shit town. Gonna sing about some beavers. It's over.
1: And here's the thing: it's like I'm sure it probably checks out. Like they are all guys from this small town in Pennsylvania. They had dreams of something bigger, and they might have even in conversation referred to York as a shit town. But it doesn't mean you have to like write the entire song and use it as the chorus. You, you, I just think it could have went. And listen, Ed Qualcheck is a millionaire uh, for his songwriting abilities. Maybe a, one pass, one more pass. That's all.
0: If I if I recall, the the people of York were not a fan of the song. Oh, that's right. right. Wasn't there a whole thing about yes. how they were like offended by this? Yep. Let's it was like a minor MTV News controversy.
1: It was because Live had gotten popular enough that that was Kurt Loder was reporting on these type of things.
0: I don't know if it was Loader. They probably like
1: they put uh, Tabitha on that one,
0: or they threw it to like Norris or somebody. They put John Norris on it. They put John Norris on it. That's how. That's how you know it wasn't that important.
1: Uh, this is TBD.
0: How many of these songs do we have left?
1: <laughs> We're getting. It's a. It's a. It's a beefy album <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wait a minute How deep are we? <laughs> we are on track 9 And we are working our way towards uh, track 14 Oh jeez We're getting there
0: Is there anything else recognizable from here on out?
1: Yes, there is, there is a, a big We'll get to it But Alternative Nation even had a piece of life uh, If you were a fan of Alternative Nation There was a hit uh, Okay On that there's not much needs to be said about TBD. Can we move on from TBD? Yeah, let's move on. This is. This hey, is, uh, hey,
0: uh, get back to me when you determined. <laughs> See
1: what I did there? Wait, so you had a problem with uh, with the uh, the bit from before, and you want to you want to roll with the <laughs> TBD bit?
0: Hey, 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 Ed.
1: This is this what is the, uh, what the fuck is this? This is, uh, you know, on the festival circuit So they can just remind people that they could rock Stage By the way, stylistically Apple has live in all caps This feels like a good time, by the way To tell our live story, Bob Our live uh, concert experience History uh, We Can
0: we skip to the next song? Because this is terrible
1: Well, what we can do is lower it Okay, or we can turn it off calm down Bob
0: there's just so much live
1: left Calm down um let's talk about that but let's talk about our history uh, uh, going to see live which actually is multi-tiered
0: <laughs> there's a lot of tiers to this what year was that it was 99 right
1: it was 99 it was uh the distance to hear tour it was the distance to hear tour because we
0: had both seen them tour with the counting crows
1: I feel like this was after the fact It was after this that is bu- uh, This is before that actually Oh was it before yes, that? Yes it was it, uh, it was right around that time It was like the previous fall would be my guess
0: Okay because this was December 99 Right That we got tickets to go see live in Asbury Park, New Jersey
1: Which is not I'm not saying it's far from where we live But it wasn't close either
0: what was it? Like an hour and a half ride? Yeah,
1: it was a, it was a quite a, it was a shot down the uh, Garden State Parkway down to like exit 102 or we 172. Right. It wasn't close. Yes,
0: yeah, so we got tickets to go see them. We hopped in I assume my Buick LeSabre. Yes. And uh, it was the two of us, our friend Mike and our friend Greg. Right. And we had big plans to go to Boston the very next day. For Y2K
1: So, oh right, you're right It was the end of December this. Yeah,
0: so we were going to head to Boston
1: For a big Y2K weekend <laughs>
0: Fingers crossed nothing bad happened But uh,
1: <laughs> Yeah, and nothing did bad happen So that was good Well, one of the girls from our high school Fell through a frozen pond And almost drowned and froze to death Oh, that I was, was talking
0: more happened. about all the computers resetting
1: Oh, that, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah yeah yeah, Sure, sure, sure
0: But we drove down to Esbury Park and uh, we were very excited to see live, live, get it?
1: I think we were marginally excited. Sure. Maybe I was probably more than you based on everything we've talked about, but I don't even remember being that fired up about it. It was just like- Right, was is this something we,
0: we got tickets for. We were going to go do
1: it. Yeah.
0: I think it was at the Stone Pony, right?
1: Uh, no, it was at the Asbury Park Convention Center. All right, Convention so
0: Hall. I, I've never seen a show at the Stone Pony, so I'm just going to say it was at the Stone Pony. <laughs> go ahead. And we drove down there. And we parked the car, and we walked up to the front door, and there was a little piece of loose-leaf paper taped to the door that said the uh, show was canceled.
1: Can you even imagine? Drove all the way down there, and a, a simple web search, you may say, would have told us, but this was kind of before people were plugged in on that.
0: I mean, we say that, but it's also, like, 99, <laughs> There was the web was working.
1: It's a lot of, yeah, we could have done it. And then we concocted it. We were like, it was kind of embarrassing and kind of stupid. And then we came up with a story. We had our one friend, Bud, our one buddy, Brian, who was a Punk and Ska fan. So he had nothing to do with a band like Live. And we decided to concoct a story that we um, went to the concert and Ed Kowalczyk uh, pissed all over us.
0: Right, because we decided to go to Boston like a day early because we weren't going to stay at the concert, whatever it was. So we called Brian from a payphone, I assume. And told him we were coming home, we were going to go to Boston early, and he asked why, like what happened, and we told him that Ed Kowalchuk was really drunk on stage, that's right. and he pulled down his pants, and he peed all over us. <laughs> for whatever reason, that's what we decided to say, and he believed he bought it, because why wouldn't he?
1: Why wouldn't he? Because he trusts us. He trusts us because we're friends. Right, we wouldn't do anything. We are not coming off good him. in
0: this podcast, by the way.
1: No, it's a bad show for us. And
0: Brian believed that story Up until about four years ago
1: Right, we came clean
0: We finally came clean
1: And he had the, the most, you know, normal, uh, understandable response it was like, what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> Why guys? would you fucking Why lie would to me would You that? lie? Why would you lie? Uh, and then the other time we saw them They shared a bill with the County Crows on a tour Bob and I have seen the County Crows more times than perhaps we'd like to admit And, um... I guess the big takeaway I have is that uh, for that tour, Kowalczyk came out for hanging around. Yeah. And then live went on first. Uh, uh, Dirts came out for what, Bob? Do you remember? Dolphins cry. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> the big live hit. Of, I saw them uh, twice that in that tour. That's a that's a lot of times. I know. Uh, th- <laughs> this is track 11, Waitress, which I actually kind of liked. I,
0: yeah, I like the song.
1: It's, again, insipid lyrically, but it is kind of a uh, a song from the, pr- the perspective of a waitress or an opinion not to cheap out on a waitress, to give her a nice tip. She really? was a bitch, but the service was good enough leave some change.
0: I feel like Ed Kowalczyk has issues with women.
1: Yeah, it's certainly possible. Has he ever been married?
0: I don't know, but... You know, the hit single that, you know, tossing around softcore rape. Iris, which, you know, hand against your skin.
1: Yeah, it seemed like a domestic violence scenario. Little
0: placenta talk. talking about The calling death
1: a, of a woman. Calling a waitress a bitch. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know about this Ed Kowalczyk fella that you idolize.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, next track, track 12, Pillar of Davidson. Yeah, this is your classic back-end deep filler.
0: Did we? Did I miss the alternative hit that I might know?
1: No, it's coming up next. There. Right. There's not much you need to know about this song. Uh, this is for diehards only. So I will now move to track 13, uh, Big Hit. I would say Big Hit, but it was in regular rotation, and I know this. Because, Bob, it was. Uh, I have an old VHS tape of um, Alternative Nation, and this was one of the songs that I have on that VHS tape. White, comma, discussion. Okay. Ring a Bell?
0: Kinda. I need to wait for the chorus.
1: Kinda. It's a... Again, not easy to come back to this album uh, and acknowledge it was an album that meant a a lot to me. But I do, this is one of the songs I will stand by. It's a good rocker. I, I, I like this one.
0: So when you heard this song, were you like wonder if she's going to call me tonight
1: <laughs> <laughs> and have a white comma discussion <laughs> uh no this one had no ties it, really it was this out it was completely tied to lightning crash it was all about the placenta right yeah
0: can i say i'm still kind of fixated i'm bummed i don't think we nailed what phoebe is fucking to And I don't have the answer. She's just, she's an enigma. She's like a hard person to really put your finger on.
1: What about some early period Joan Osborne? Like pre what if God was one of us?
0: That's kind of in that Sophie B. Hawkins world. I want to, there's something weird about her. I don't know. I get it. Okay, I remember this.
1: They did fill a vacuum, um, live did, uh, in terms of it was a time where there weren't a lot of earnest rockers that were hook friendly and weren't trying to be Kurt Cobain. And I thought, you know, live, they were doing their own thing. I'll get, let's give live that, that they were these like dirtbags from York, Pennsylvania that were making anthemic rock when that wasn't necessarily in vogue at the time. Keep defending them.
0: I will. No, I you're right. I agree with that.
1: Um, and this in that song, white discussion. Uh, now we'll go into the final track, which is actually a hidden track called Horse. I never knew it was named Horse. The things, the things you learn, things that you learn, Bob, from uh, iTunes.
0: Yeah, now. it's nice. You never knew what a hidden track was called. It was the, just the hidden track. It was a hidden
1: song. It's called Horse. Not much to. Uh, talk about there but that is uh, i
0: like it it kind of has a horsey country vibe
1: yeah we like that when they kind of break it down a little bit and this is a little bit of a country vibe when you think york pennsylvania you think you know country music so sure all right so here we go bob let's do it let's do it Bob. let's do it, let's do it. Let's- was phoebe fucking to
0: Firestarter by prodigy
1: Uh, well now that would be late period though. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: Can I, can I throw this out to our, to our millions of listeners?
1: Yeah. If you, yeah, go ahead, Bob, throw it out.
0: I mean, if you, if you could tell us when the camera stopped rolling, what was Phoebe banging to on friends, maybe with Paul Rudd, maybe with you know, one of her boyfriends pre Rudd. I don't know. Let us know. Hashtag Phoebe be banging. (laughs) no,
1: BB banging is is a strange hashtag, but it's also kind of exciting.
0: Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see about that.
1: Um, all right, it's time now, Bob, to decide what is the Spotify selection from "Throwing Copper." Yes,
0: I love that our Spotify playlist. One of the first ten songs is going to be from "Throwing Copper." I, I well, you know what? I will defer to you. I want you to throw it out and uh, start us off.
1: Should we ironically go with shit town? No, we should not. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, hmm. So many decisions to make. Uh, I would think that to really capture the, where live fit into the zeitgeist of, of, of its era. I'm going to have to lean on one of the singles. Um, Lightning crashes obviously means a lot to me personally.
0: I wonder what song she would put on the playlist.
1: So imagine, imagine it did. Imagine it worked out, Bob. Imagine she chose <laughs> me, and uh, that was our wedding song.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't. I feel like I don't have to imagine it because you already have.
1: Um, I won't choose Lightning Crashes though, because what we're trying to do with the Spotify playlist is not to be, you know, too on the nose. And that would be the on-the-nose choice for throwing copper. So I will go with uh, my favorite radio song off this album, uh, and go with uh, I'll nominate "Selling the Drama," track two.
0: I will second that.
1: Ooh, hearing got... it,
0: hearing it all again. I thought I was gonna go with "I Alone." As much as I like how it rocks, um, "Selling the Drama" is so nineteen ninety four. It just really, it hits the mark.
1: It captures, yeah, it captures that moment in time well. And you know what? It's going to, if people are, are going to be looking at the Spotify playlist and be like, oh, why is there a live song? Well, fuck you. It's a right? good song. Fuck you and your wait, wait,
0: calm high down. horse. Nobody's, it's okay. Uh,
1: it's just like track 14, the hidden track horse. I got a horse for you. It's our hidden track on Throwing Copper. Uh, Not a good bit a Very important album to me
0: <laughs> Yeah No, I'm glad you chose that I think it's the right pick We're putting it on our Spotify playlist
1: You can find it on Get off your high horse Is what I'm saying
0: Where can you find our Spotify playlist?
1: Uh, you could find it on Spotify I mean, don't be an idiot It's it's pretty obvious how you would get there Yeah, I guess I didn't really kind of miss that Go to Spotify and type in the throwback Podcast? Actually I don't know how it works. I'm more an Apple Music. Well I think
0: guy. the best thing to do is follow us on Twitter at ThrowbackPod. We'll put up a link. You could always click on that. It'll send you to Spotify. Subscribe to our playlist. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Give us five stars. Tell your friends. Or give us however. I mean, I don't want to tell you how many stars to give no, us. No, do, do five. Five is that a good number? Yeah, because
1: the headgun people, they Will pro- probably frown upon us if we have a, a poor star rating. That's true, and it could lead indirectly or directly, actually, to the end of the show. So,
0: okay, so yeah, yeah, we want to keep doing this. We'll we'll keep getting better. Yeah, unlike live, we're going to improve as time goes on.
1: I think that's a fair that's a fair dig.
0: Right, fair I, dig.
1: Yeah, and I I stand by my appreciation of this after going through the the full album, all thirteen tracks plus the hidden track "Horse." I. Uh, Believe that it is a very, very strong alternative rock album that maybe wasn't worth moving 8 million units, but you know, like three and a half at, million units at the time. It's at, at the time, yeah, sure. deflation. All right. All right, that's so
0: it. That that's it for the podcast.
1: Um, yes, so follow, you know, follow along with us. And if you have anything that you want us to talk about, uh, make sure you send it in, send it along.
0: Yeah, don't be a dick about it, just send it
1: along. Uh, Yes, this is Dan Hays signing off for it's Bob Castro, right the Throwback Podcast. See you next week. It is
2: known
0: that was a headgum podcast.